happier place to be. I won't cry miracle. Maple syrup is the best. It's so yeah. good. Just be present with me and love me. I won't cry wow. 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 When they started doing this weird hello. I'm miserable. I'm in a job that that doesn't express who I am. I could go to another company and that'd be great too. And then I went and became an entrepreneur and I'm like, this is also really hard. Who am I? What do I do best? Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grimerica show. We are going to be chatting with Armin Asadi a little bit later about manifestation and living your best life and that kind of stuff. Wasn't, Starting up businesses and I had the startups and the entrepreneur part. Yeah. Starting up. This is a fantastic chat. We have Graham, the entrepreneur Dunlop here. Joining us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Working from home. <laughs> Working from home. Yeah. But on your own stuff, I mean, it fits the description. It does. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's not a entrepreneur. Uh, what's that? That's when you just want to be an entrepreneur and you're not. Oh, really. okay. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I finished a book and I finished reading another book today. So. Which one? Uh, a new revision from Eric uh, P. Anthony, Concerto of the Rising Sun. Ooh. And so. then I'm picking out my next book to read before I get into another big, huge slog. So Some hang this is money. narration. So, yeah. So it should be good. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Are you done all the, all the legwork for Concerto as well? Uh, oh, no, I'm going to have yeah, to yeah, edit it? Yeah. And then you're going to do all the legwork? Yeah. It should be easy. I did some of it. Well, we might as well not talk about this on the show because it's going to be boring as fuck. Yeah. But you know what's not boring as fuck is listening to the finished audiobooks. Especially you ever, yours that came out, A Canadian Shame. Adult Brain. I mean, dude, do you have your own audiobook? I have my own audiobook. Yeah. Well, you read it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you <Double> have twice. <laughs> You have 20 audiobooks. Actually, it's 19 now. That's not including the ones we did for other people, right? No. Those don't count. Oh, those don't count. So, anyways, yeah, it's going well. I'm enjoying. Are you? Yeah. Are you sick of reading? Nope. You're officially a narrator now. I know. It's fucking great. I'm, yeah. I'm learning as I go along here. It'll be official when we get like the outside. I guess we should like get you, uh, we should get you a website. Graham Dunlop. Graham Dunlop. No, 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 no. I don't want any of What that. if people no. want to hire you? What if someone wants to see that? Like, I don't, we got our own thing. I don't, I don't have time for anything. Like, I've got, I need Graham it's for all this I've book. got is Graham America. I've I only got time for Graham America. Book. Honestly, I've only got time for Graham America right now. It's, well, it's if not. If someone like, does that, like, you just publishing at adultbrain.ca. Yeah, there you go. So I just have to have that. Publishing voice. at adultbrain.ca is the email? I don't even know what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> narrating too much. I can't even talk. <laughs> you know how many mistakes I make? <laughs> I could have, I could, I could make quite the mixtape of your mistakes. I, you don't tell me I'm, I'm scared of that. I, every time I, oh, today yeah. I did what I thought, oh my God. Dude, I mean, I some of the that. ones I hear, sometimes I hear them and you've just left them and I just today, have to be like, 
You transcend words a little off, but it's fine. Oh, subsequent. Today I made one so subsequent. bad I thought, oh my god, if Darren picks up on this, he's gonna make it. This will be in his best out. This is a completely non-word. It's just a. I say a word and it doesn't even come out like a word. Anyways, let's I don't do on. a best of. I, I just delete it all. I know. Thanks. <coughs> I appreciate that. Natasha and I, I, I were mean, talking you're, about you're my my well-being is in your hands. Well, so is my well-being because you're my cash cow. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather milk you than butcher you. <laughs> Until the time comes when, when I'm all too old when and the, the ass comes down. <laughs> Here's the best stuff we've all been waiting for. <laughs> 20 I'll years be, of audiobook fuckouts. I'll be, uh, I'll release it. It won't even just be an episode. It'll be an audiobook. It'll be racist at the same time. I'll have all kinds of weird stuff going on. Oh my God. <laughs> so, anyway, how you been? Good, good. How was camping? You, you rented a little teardrop, did you? Yeah. Weekend, I'm trying out a couple I saw trailers. It was all around in the. In the States, when we drove around the States for CAC a couple years ago, for um, Contact at the Cabin a couple years ago, and, and I saw all those little teardrop trucks, and I thought, how do you even fit in there? What do they do? But eh, it's not it's for pretty, me. It's really, the outdoor it's too kitchen, tight. The or? outdoor kitchen is great. So I you pull out an outdoor, outdoor kitchen, kitchen kind of thing? And, yeah, I definitely want that, but I need a bathroom. Right. You know, I might get, I, I could see, I don't think I'd buy one of those. So that's what right now I'm trying out a couple trailers because I'm going to get one eventually because the, well, the trailer market is fucking crazy is expensive and everything right now? right now but there's so many used trailers on the market because everyone's sort of upgrading or wow, i don't really? know what's going on but some just cashing out probably people are probably getting rid of the stuff they're not using i mean there has been a priority change in life you know people are like hey i'm not using that trailer anymore i'm i'm getting rid of it because who yeah. knows what happens with people's jobs and if they're not essential or i mean you know so i'm humming and hawing on because i need something but do i just get something for hunting because I need something for hunting too. Because I mean, it's a huge hassle to get have to get up here and drive two hours or two or three hours to get to the hunting zone. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I can rent them. That's fine. But the rentals are kind of like you know they they don't really. I mean, that teardrop is pretty good. I could take them out wherever I want. But other people they want to know you're going to a campground or something like that. You know what I mean? They're not like you can just take this thing wherever the fuck you want. I suppose you could anyway, but. But it's uh, it's important that you kind of know the ins and outs of what to look for because I've never really done a lot of camper stuff. <clears throat> the only one I've ever really been in is Kyle's. I've been in that a lot. So now it's kind of like what style, what do I like, what don't I like, so that when I get ready to buy a used one, it's something I like. That's a good idea. So take your time and rent a bunch for now, and then you'll really figure it out. Yeah. And then as far as this teardrop goes, it's just too small. I mean, <clears throat> it's too small for with the kids. It's even just too small for two adults. You need a bathroom. I need a bathroom. But you could tow that thing any place. Like you can't tow a real camper up to the top of chain. Lakes. Oh, that's what's so nice about you that. Is that it, when right when you're in your truck, you can go. You can bring it everywhere. That's the key, right? So you can go off road with it, basically, which you can't with most trailers, I guess, right? So <clears throat> yeah. So then I hum and haw about what, what kind to get because my truck can only tow so much. Well, don't they have a like an off-road tent trailer that's bigger than that one? Like, have that's you ever tried a tent for trailer? Now is a tent trailer yeah. because I could put the boat on top of it. Yeah, I was yeah. T-bones actually idea. I hadn't considered that because yeah. that's the problem is hauling the boat and the camper. Yeah, 
I got that headache rack on there now, but it's fucking a little precarious to get the boat on and off of plus that. You, plus, you only have so much room now in your truck as well for stuff. So Yeah, exactly. But that tent trailer with the boat strapped on top of it might be the key. Yeah. The thing is, can I get a tent trailer with a bathroom in it? Yeah, I don't think so. Or Not with that that at least an outdoor shower, maybe, and a toilet. I got a couple little girls that go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. I can't be running to the fucking outhouse at oh, yeah, three yeah. in the morning. You yeah. know what I mean? That's scary, too. There's a couple animals. times I had... What? Animals around and stuff. I don't know if it's scary so much as it's annoying. <laughs> like, last night, I got to go on a bathroom walk. I fucking... You know, when I'm, like, ready, in bed, falling asleep, we got to go to the bathroom. Okay. Well, I just go at the door. And Natasha has to go to the bathroom bathroom. So now I have to get up, get dressed, go for a walk, come back. So you got to take cold. all three of them for bathroom walks. Well, the kids weren't with me oh, okay. this time, but yeah, normally I would. When I get when I go with the kids, I've been renting the ones with the bathroom. But I think uh, maybe next spring I'll look at getting one. Right on. That's good. Camper life. I can't do a tent anymore. I just can't do it. I can't do it. Set up the tent, and then there's no like. I just, I just can't do it. You know, maybe I'm weak. Maybe I'm old. But I just can't do the tent thing anymore. Sleeping on the ground, that fucking air mattress gets freezing cold by the time you wake up in the morning, and it's like all the air is out of it, and it's just I know. Yeah. I just can't do it anymore. So if it's either if I'm either it's either I cut camping out of my life, or I get myself a bed I can pull around and a kitchen. Well, you can't get camping out because, like you said, you're hunting too, and you're getting more. You're kind of getting more and more into the bush. So, well, that's, that's kind of what I was looking at—is getting a light camper I could take all the way up to the hunting spots and kind of be wherever. But now I think I'm going to settle for something that's got a couple slides, and the kids can—it's comfortable for me and the family. Yeah, and then I can still use that to get almost where you need to go eight tenths of the way to the fucking camp spot. And then I can get up at say fucking five thirty AM and go hunting instead of getting up at fucking three forty five here. So I can drive two and a half hours. The elk hunt we leave here at like three, we have yeah. to be in Suffield at for orientation at six thirty AM, but try and find a hotel in Suffield fucking Alberta. Yeah. You're coming on the elk hunt this year. Well, I will if there's room. I mean, there's if room. you don't need, if there are other people don't need to go more more than I do, because I would be easily and, just like it's gonna be give me my miles to Brady. All right, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't snow. Hopefully it's not a five kilometer hike. Hopefully it the, doesn't snow. Yeah. The snow is what makes for the hiking because it makes a lot of the roads that we want to go down and pass. Right. We have to walk the entire way. Right, right. So if it snows, it sucks. We yeah. have to walk. Yeah. We're gonna bring shovels this time. Lots of shovels. Yeah. And yeah, we'll go. Hopefully, right. bag an elk or two. <clears throat> Sounds good. Fucking right. So, anyways, so what do you got? Well, I got. So I went and did this assessment from Armand's Armand's uh, website, his Evo assessment. So I mean, it's fantastic. It was hard though because <clears throat> what, what's that for? Because I, I said it was hard. Yeah, it's hard because of me. I figured the Because <laughs> I've changed a lot. I used to run, you know, like hockey teams and departments and business. Oh, and yeah, yeah. And I was more of a leader. I, I used, used to go out play hockey, every night. Play I used to go out and do something. I mean, now, like, I, you know, I'm, I've changed. I've tried, changed quite a bit, you know. She's your number one fan. So I, so I, I, yeah, it's, it's tough. So my three, my three crafts, my top three crafts are chief, cultivator, and advocate. 
Remember when you used to have to rush out to hot ball hockey all the time? Or I, that's all what I mean. Things I know. Now I it's just all these like things. you're never in a rush to now get Now I'm just anywhere. working for Grand America. It's just like I wonder if the show has changed since we quit working together. Yeah, probably. Probably. Hmm. So my Evo type is relational architect. So when we talk, we, we talk to Armand, we'll talk about this a little bit towards the end, I believe, um, some of these analysis. So basically my, my main brain type is architect. My main compass is relational. And then I have uh, strategic and alchemist in there as well. So my external brain type is alchemist and my internal compass is strategic. So it means, uh, <clears throat> this means that every other element of my type serves how I process information through very detailed perceptions and personal experiences. Does that sound like me? The information in your mind is clearly organized like a filing cabinet or a library. Although your thoughts may not always feel organized, you can almost always retrace your mental steps to figure out or remember the information that you need to know in the moment. This makes it easy for you to pull out lots of little data points from memory and reconfigure them as you need to create something new. Your architect brain makes it very easy for you to see all the sequential steps necessary to make things happen. Is that true? <clears throat> yeah, I think so. But I think that's almost um, more what it y used to be. It'd be I'd, I'd, I almost feel like doing it again in a way. Because I was, I was struggling with the old Graham versus the new Graham in a way. It's, 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 it's weird. OG. <laughs> <laughs> How long did it take you? Uh, not like 20 minutes or something. And there's one yeah. for me to do? Yeah. I'll do mine next time. Yeah, do yours next time for sure. Anyways, it's it's uh, it's really interesting. And, I, and it's a 37-page it's a assessment. So I'm just like literally skimming the top of it here. Was any of it close to your D&D &D character? <sighs> Vampire? Because maybe your D&D &D <laughs> characters are closer to the real graph. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Is real grandma vampire? Throng? Trance? Trance. <laughs> <laughs> Throng. I like, that's going to be, I'm going to put that down. See, I'm I'll make back. a note of that. I'll put it in my filing cabinet for the next character. I'm going to be Throng. D&D names in your D&D file. Yeah. Maybe this is a problem. You're only, you're only fucking filing cabinets D&D. It's taking over the place. Oh, that's hilarious. D&D and audiobooks. So I got an I got an operation project for you too. It's going to be an interesting one, brand new, brand new segment. I also got a uh, an email to read some from the from the contact form. An email to read. Yeah, and I got uh, a quote from also emailed in from Chester. Chester. Yeah. Chester the molester. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Chester. Maybe you're psychic. All right, let's go with. <laughs> bingo, bingo, social media jingle. Don't forget to rate, comment, and or subscribe to the Grime America News. Who's letter? Okay, we got on a realistic perspective on changing climate with Randall Carlson Part 1. This is on the YouTube channel. We started posting some of that 100-day-old Rockfin content on YouTube. Uh, oh, that'll be interesting. 
I thought we were. I thought we were gonna have to be careful about putting some of that stuff on YouTube. I mean, that might get us booted. Is flavor Jewish? <laughs> Somebody's asking that. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Why does it matter? Asking. He does go on about the Jesuits quite a bit. I suppose if he was Jewish, it'd be okay. <clears throat> it's okay anyway, as far as I'm concerned. He hasn't said anything inflammatory. Randall is my spirit animal. Someone show this to Jimmy Dore. I'd love to know what Randall thinks about the Suspicious Observer YouTube channel. I would too. That dude's videos are scary as shit. We had Ben, uh, we we had ben on. We had Ben on about, I don't know, six years ago, probably. Five years. It was a long time ago we had Ben on. And we we're going to try and have him on again. We should. Why don't you get him on for, uh, <laughs> for Rockfin? Rockfin? Yeah, I'll try. Okay, we got on What Climate Crisis with Tony Heller. Oh, boy. From blizzard gator you put that on youtube too yeah i put it oh, all on no, youtube oh, after geez. 100 days oh, geez. <coughs> then we get, get a booted. strike or something okay okay they don't seem worried about that just COVID these okay. days everything else is a go okay <laughs> this is wild i had a couple of climate related undergraduate university courses over the past few years but i would never expected something like this to occur suspicious observers was also covering some data manipulation the guest is right though even I was starting to suspect that the coursework was politicized. Most people don't seem to know this, but the Green Movement had its roots in Soviet-occupied Germany to decentralize power production. Environmental concerns are being used as a mass to give momentum to related politics. Climatology is such a new science that it's mind-blowing for anyone not to question it because nobody really knows as much as they claim to. In addition to weather data not going that far back, also think how the first weather satellite was launched just 60 years ago, which is also around the time Doppler radars were introduced. Modern meteorology is younger than my dad. Telecommunications, or sorry, teleconnections of the atmosphere work fairly well for weather trends, but nobody knows what causes them to work, just how, what, just how they influence trends. Young people grew up with the weather at their fingertips, but are probably oblivious to how climate science was started only yesterday. <laughs> Man, awesome. speaking of climate science, these fucking forest fires are driving me nuts. Today that, it's clear. Is that why you're all clogged oh, up? Oh, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, well, there should be lots of rain shit. here now. There should it be lots of rain in the next couple of seems like it's supposed to rain, but it never rains. BC should just keep their fucking smoke. Honestly, I've had enough. Uh, from Militant Funk on this episode, on this uh, live stream, which we might drop the live streams, strongly considering it. Let us know how you feel about that. Oh, for this episode with Armand. Yeah. Yeah. I ended up listening to all about winning the devil through your advice. Thanks. I needed that. The perfect timing to have heard it. Good synchro. Wow. Funny enough. I st oh, here we go. Militant Funk again. Funny enough. Funnily enough. I started to do an audiobook on Secret Teachings for All Ages by Manly, but life went to shit, plus it was a daunting first book. <laughs> then I see you and someone else has done one. Great idea and inspiring show, guys. I'm stuck in a rat race and I'm about to leave the country because of debt and starting a new life teaching English in Thailand. Wow. I might continue my autobiography I started when I, put in a mental when I got put in a mental asylum and pierced the veil. Aha. Love your show. 
I've just downloaded out with this is a previous comment. I've just downloaded out winning the devil after losing my book when I was homeless for a week this year. Roll on 2022. So that was a previous comment before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, type your book for Kindle, bro. That would be worth it. Sell on Amazon. Use them. Oh, also, I bought your Secret Society's book. I was a donator till my life went to shit. It's my day off tomorrow, so I'll be listening to Outwitting the Devil. Thanks. When I get back on my feet, I will buy your book. I'm proud of you. It's important. I watched a doc on an Indian kid called Charlie who walks six. Oh, that's Charlie's the kid who Gordowney wrote the song. Oh, yeah, okay. All that stuff. Who walked 600 miles along a train track to get to his native home. His dad's spirit helped him, so the story goes. Anyways, maybe I'll do a traveling vlog in Thailand. Nice. Militant Funk. Awesome. He's always uh, <clears throat> tweeting or commenting or reaching out. Seems like you're a guy. He wants to get to a CAC one day. That's awesome. Maybe we'll do a CAC in Thailand. Yeah. He's the second guy that's that I've heard that started the secret teachings. And gave up? Yeah. Way to not give up, Graham. Oh, it's a tough one. You should do it again. Second edition. One. Because I was like, when you're still very Oh, I can't do it. Can <laughs> Maybe before I get butchered in 10 years. I remember <laughs> to keep off the chopping block. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. See your teachings. I was when you were like dropping shit in the middle of sentences. Sometimes you just go back to like, just go back to what. <laughs> then I got to try and edit that. Thanks, bro. Yeah. All right. What do you got? What do you want? Apple. Cool. Yeah, sure, sure. Apple. Apple. Let's do that. Well, no, let's do the email first. Or did you already do that? No. Let's do uh, Trip Report, Synchro, Spamgram. Spamgram. Nah, let's do this one. And now another edition of the Grime American Goodies by the people. For the people. So this is from Chris. He says, hey, Graham, I've experienced what your special lady experiences. From the time period I was about 16 to 24 years old, I would often be visited by a dark entity at the foot of my bed who would levitate and terrify me. It happened often enough that I learned how to suppress the fear, and when I did, it stopped completely. Occasionally it tries to get a foothold again, but now I actually enjoy it. It feels like your stomach feels during a roller coaster ride, and I laugh. It seems to have worked. I'm quite sure. Th- that whatever that thing is, it feeds on fear, and it's repulsed by joy. As weird as it sounds, she needs to learn to enjoy it. Love you guys. I agree 100%. I mean, that's what we talked about with Nathaniel on Grimerica Outlawed, because we had two, two of our Outlawed episodes were, oh, maybe this is from Outlawed. They're, they're on like demons and demonology and devils and the dark energy and all that kind of stuff, and not dark energy, but dark entities. And that was one of the things that they uh, they suggested is trying not be in fear, you know, and trying to laugh. And we and we talked about that. I had advice before that she has to laugh, laugh it. They don't like the laughter. They don't like the joy. And then it will get rid of them. So it's interesting how like what is that in your state of being, right? Or is that why also Jesus doesn't work sometimes because you're just not in that intention? Yeah, laugh at Jesus. Ah, Jesus. Yeah. No, no. You know what I mean. It's the intention, both. right? Like if you laugh, your 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 state of being is in joy. So it can't be forced laugh. Yeah, you can't be like, hey, 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 hey. it's not going to work. Just That's like if you said, uh, in the name of Jesus, go away. Like, if you don't really mean it. Let's hear your non-force laugh. <laughs> Is that it? 
That's not bad. <laughs> I'll cry. <laughs> so you're going to recommend that? Yeah, well, I have already. It's hard. It's hard to tell somebody yeah. when you're scared shitless dur- during an encounter. Just Easy oh, don't you. be scared. Just Easy laugh at it. Say, you know, just laugh at it. Like, Easy for you to say. Sounds yeah. like bad explaining. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't be scared of the demon. Just laugh at the demon. <laughs> Duh. Who's about to rape you? I mean, you know, pretty serious. Stuff. Maybe you can get take it. Can you take one for the team? I I would take one for the team if I. I bet you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the quote. Okay. I mean, it's only been five hundred episodes. I wouldn't expect you to know the jingles yet. <laughs> We're saving the best part for last. The project operation will be good one this week. It's our own internal project. We have our own project? We do now. Operation Graham? (laughs) No. Close. Okay, this is from Chester. So Chester sent me an email. Um, I'm probably going to be able to use this uh, for a few episodes because he's talking about a book. Have you heard of this book? Thomas Saz's book, Pharmocracy? No. As in PH, Pharmocracy? So Saz, 1920 to 2012, was a psychiatrist who was relatively well-known in the 60s as a critic of psychiatric abuses, and he wrote many books on the subject. I first started reading his stuff in the late 80s or early 90s and mostly agreed with his positions. In 2001, he published Pharmocracy, a book in which he predicted that a totalitarian government could develop out of an alliance between the medical profession and the state. While I found Saz's book on psychiatry interesting, this pharmacy idea seemed unlikely to me. I picked up a used copy several years later until after it had been published, but it sat unread on one of my bookshelves. Then, when the COVID era dawned early last year, I remembered the book and looked around for my copy. But in this small apartment with many, many books, I couldn't find it. A few weeks ago, while looking for a different book, I found my copy of Pharmacy. I've now read it, and it seems pretty prophetic. Read these two quotes, keeping in mind that they were written about 20 years ago. Are you going to read them? Page 12, yeah. Page 12 of what? Of the book. What book? The what? Pharmacy. Yeah. And as much as we have... And as much as we have words to describe medicine as a healing art... Let's restart. (laughs) But have none to describe it as a method of social control or political rule. We must first give it a name. I propose that we call it pharmacracy, from the Greek roots pharmakon, for medicine or drug, and keratin, for to rule or to control. As theocracy is ruled by gods or priests, and democracy is ruled by the people or the majority, so pharmacracy is ruled by medicine or physicians. Page 165. The founders sought to protect the American people from the religious tyranny of the state, regardless of the religion. They did not anticipate and could not have anticipated that one day medicine would become a religion and that an alliance between medicine and the state would then threaten personal liberty and responsibility exactly as they had been threatened by an alliance between church and state. They should have. How's that? They should have. Bastards. How's that for uh, prophecy? Mediocre. Yeah. Let's hear the next one. The next quote? Yeah. Really? I don't have it ready. We're not doing two. 
Yeah, I can I can find it for you. I got everything at my fingertips here. World at your fingertips. So this is on page 23. In the past, politicians seized power by declaring national emergencies. Now they do so by declaring public health emergencies. <laughs> 20, 20 years ago? Eh? Eh? Was that SARS then? No, it was before all that. Like, this is what I mean. It was before, it was before that string of... Well, maybe it was, maybe one of those was back then. I remember when I had to like stay home for, uh, if you called in sick to work, you had to stay home for a week in case it was SARS or some shit. We should have seen this coming. Back then it was just a week of drinking for me. Yeah, exactly. This is a problem. All right, let's get on to your, uh, to your much anticipated oppo. Sounds racist. What's that noise? But it's military to me. Definitely military. Probably classified too. Dishfire. Prism. Sentry Eagle. Sigma. Mannerkin. Artichoke. MK Ultra. Operation Project. This is Operation Brandy. Drinking brandy? No, Randy rocks third. Oh, from the chat. We're not saying last names. No, I won't Are say we last saying names. first names. Yeah, I think so. Hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I hope that was okay. <laughs> so, this is rocks third from the chat. <laughs> so, anyways, we've been going back and forth. Um, She's been, she's been, did you? Awesome. She's been looking for a date for a Grimerica style boyfriend. I mentioned that in the book. Did you? What did she uh, say this was okay? I was telling her, she sent me an email to do it. Okay. Yeah. This is like an advertisement for for Rock's Third. I told her to email you. So if somebody's interested in connecting, send me an email and I'll, I'll, I'll sort of read it and figure out if I should forward it to Rock's Third or not. If it's appropriate. So it's appropriate. No picks. We don't want any picks. No picks. No. Uh, no picks. Nothing. Well, maybe risky he does. Like maybe that. he does. I shouldn't speak for Graham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, I've been. I suggested like going to no agenda meetups because that would be a great way to meet open-minded people. There was one and this weekend in in Calgary. Oh yeah, she has to live here. Yeah. She's from Alabama. She called into our uh, show 500, too. I mean, fantastic woman. What a catch. Oh, yeah. I think she's a lawyer. Yeah. So she says, I've decided to take an embarrassing leap for my first spam gram and request that Graham read the following advertisement. Oh, boy. Advertisement. (laughs) Healthy, single, organic, 34-year-old female who eagerly desires to face the challenges of existence with another truth-valuing soul. She enjoys long, maskless walks on the beach while feeling the connection to each grain dancing below her feet. Believes in natural remedies, positive energy, and sunlight. Loves delving into serious, deep conversations, while trying not to be judgmental. Appreciates the gift of meat and goat's milk. Loves cute spiders. Meeting Randall Carlson is on her bucket list, along with visiting the Great Pyramid in Giza someday. Ooh, she should come to Egypt. I know, she should come to our Egypt trip. So here's the thing. You know what's funny and why this came up? Because 
I think she was sort of, uh, she started to date a guy and she sent like, and this wasn't like an intentional test, but she's like, here, watch this video of Randall Carlson on Joe Rogan. <laughs> and then she never heard from the guy again. And she's like, if that's the test that I, if that's like, you know, the test, if Randall Carlson is the, you know, yeah, the tipping point. So she is self-reflective and ponders her true nature and how to become better each day. This process involves often involves prayer, meditation, contemplation on God and nature, and some Wim Hof breathwork. A perfectionist, she does struggle with accepting herself and others without high expectations. Consequently, she strives to express a daily dose of grace and encouragement, a work in progress. Honestly, however, is a high priority. She will tell you that she she will tell you like she sees it and expects the same in return. Attorney by day, piano player by night. Hardcore Christian involved in prison ministry. Huge Grey America fan and posts funny gifts in the chats. Open to a long distance relationship. If interested, you can email graymicramerica.com. And then maybe we'll point you to the chats. So warning, there's a warning here. Not vaccinated for COVID-19. Thanks for sharing and thanks to the special Grey American who helped me draft this ad. Love you guys. Good vibes. Rocks third. They have it. I wonder who helped. And it ain't easy. So uh, I would just ex- expand on that a little bit. Uh, she would say she's looking for the following in a man. She al- they, this guy, special someone, her dream man, is going to align with her core values, health conscious, resourceful, spontaneous, stable financially and emotionally, and full of good vibes. And she is, um, let's see here. Yeah, she lives in Alabama. She's petite, brown hair, fit. There you go. And now you've outed her in the chats, so she'll be being stalked in the chats. What do you mean I've outed her in the chats? Well, I guess you were about to do that. It must have been okay. Yeah. To correlate the two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll assume it is. Ah, uh, well, we wish you the best so, of luck. Yeah. Wish you the best <laughs> of luck, Brandy, in your search. And uh, I think I wrote such in the book. Speaking of the book we've been talking about here, that's uh, CanadianShame.ca if you want to check that out. AdultBrain.ca if you want to dig into those audiobooks. America.ca slash support if you just want to support the show. You know, we're at what I think this will be episode 506 or 505, or I don't even know. I've lost count at this point. There's so many. But they're all free. They're all back there. They don't cost nothing. And you can listen to the whole back catalog on this show anyway. So if that's adding some value, we we did that, uh, you know, because it was fun in, in a lot of ways, but we also did that to add some value to the world. And if that's adding some value to your life, to your commute, to your work day, to your workout, wherever you're listening to the show, if you find yourself listening to us, just putting a smile on your face, making that a little better, maybe head over to grindamerica.ca slash support, put a smile on our face, make our day a little better. Uh, there's a bunch of ways to do that, but nothing quite does that. Like a couple extra dollars in the bank. So that Graham knows he doesn't have to go back to work next week. <laughs> Busting tables at this point. I mean, what would you do? You'd paint. I I would I would Grimer, I would do Grimerica. I think there's no there's no question in my mind that this is the right move. The according to faith, Urban, uh, sleep of faith is paying off already. I mean, it's fantastic. According to the Urban uh, Dictionary, Dictionary Grimerica is a verb. You can do Grimerica. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I'm gonna go home and Grimerica. I believe is what it says. Um. Were you going to mention the uh, Outlaw Den or the books? Well, I was going to mention the support, America.ca yeah. slash support, buck an episode. 
That's all we ask. Five bucks a month, you can sign up for 10 bucks a month, you can sign up for one buck a month. Whatever you can do, maybe you can do a one-time donation, there's Stripe, uh, PayPal, Patreon, cryptocurrencies, which we don't really know how to do super good, but um, we try. <laughs> We've only lost uh, a few thousand dollars <laughs> worth of cryptocurrencies at this point. I say, don't say it. You don't have to be that honest. Um, yeah, and GrandMericaOutLaw.ca. If you want to check out the other show, now that one does not have the unlimited back catalog. So if you haven't checked it out yet, I think episode one and episode two are starting to drop off now. Maybe episode three even. But we didn't really get into the good, the interview style, the cutoff style into episode four anyway. So when you want to get over there and download those early shows because they're going to disappear. We got a bonus show coming out this week with Kevin Annette. Um, There's some hardcore topics in there, some yeah. hardcore conversations, really good stuff. And honestly, even if you signed up for the free version, that would help the algorithms. It help the it would help totally. gain traction, right? Sign up and review that show. Even even if you're not going to pay the six dollars and thirty nine cents for the extra half of the show and the extra back catalog. It would still help to go over there and sign up for free because we have way, we still have a few more listeners over at this show than the other show, but the other one's catching up. That's right. Tell your friends, Grammarica Out Loud, go listen, download. Um, love you guys, and we hope you enjoy the chat. It's a great one with Armin, yeah. Armin, Armin Asadi. We've got a different type of episode for you tonight. We've got Arman Asadi here. He's the host of Flow with Arman Asadi, and he's also the founder of Steno and Project Evo, and he's been uh, chief strategist in a bunch of startups. Super entrepreneur, like awesome thinker and uh, philosopher as well. So it's good to have you here, Arman. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, boys. I'm honored. Yeah, this is this is fantastic. I honestly, um, you know, when when I was looking at this opportunity with you, I was a little bit. A little bit skeptical because I'm like, this guy's so successful. He's kind of mainstreamy. Like, is he? Is it? Is it a right fit? You know, like. And but then I started listening to your show, and I'm like, oh, this is fantastic. I mean, we are expanding here in Grand America. I just quit my day job, basically. So Ooh. a lot of the stuff you talk about just really resonates with what what we've been going through over the last, you know, eight eight years plus here. So it's it's great to mm -hmm. chat with you. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad I got through the through the hurdle because it's it's funny. It's like sometimes you have to balance being somewhat mainstream to get the ideas out there, but you don't want to lose it. Like we were talking about, you don't want to lose who you are. I'm a nonconformist. I hope I stay weird for as long as I live. You know, exactly. That's what's so refreshing about it is is that you can have you can be both. You can be a nonconformist, but you're also got one foot in that in that world. 
And that, mm-hmm. that world sort of scares me to be honest with you. I'm like, I, I just, I'm like, whoa, whoa. I just, right now I'm kind of nice, comfortable being at home, reading audiobooks and, uh, and doing our podcast, you know? <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. Uh, and Darren just came out with a book too. He just pu- he published a book. I know you're talking a lot about uh, you know publishing books, and and you've been through that whole analysis. So I mean, there's so many things that we could actually talk about. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's funny because when when whenever people, I kind of hate the question, but I also love the question. People are like, "So what have you been up to? What are you doing?" And it's always really hard for me because I'm like, "Shit, I need to come up with a better." Like you know, they teach you in the business world, like you know, just just tell tell people how you help tell people like, you know, the elevator pitches, just, this is what I do for people. This is what I help people with. But then the comments like, okay, that's a, that's an, that's an interesting way to open up. But my problem is man, uh, so many things, you know, assessment and book deal and start new startup and helping other startups and closing another startup. It's just a lot of shit. And I think that's just part of the curse of, of entrepreneurship in general is like, you tend to be this, uh, there's a, a, a phrase that I found a few years ago, multi-potentialite. You kind of have this uh, way of viewing the world almost like da Vinci. You just constantly want to try things, experiment, create, and the world has taught us to be very one-dimensional. And I think that that's good as well. Like, don't get me wrong. One of my favorite books is Mastery by Robert Greene. You guys might've heard of that. It's awesome. And in that book, it's all about depth, not width, right? And then there's another book, Range. I think it's like Epstein wrote it, different Epstein, not the one that is in the news all the time. Um, <laughs> and it's all about like, hey, it's okay in a world of like one dimensionality to to expand and become very good at a number of things. And I think that's actually something that a lot of people struggle with. It's like, do I go deep or do I go wide? And I guess I do a little bit of both, but the curse I have is like, I, I can't, I can't sit still. Like it's all day, all night. I'm, I'm happy though. That way I'd much rather that than to like have be stagnant and, and just feel like I'm not, I'm not pushing myself to my limit. Sometimes, I mean, that comes up in my head a lot doing the show because we are interested in a lot of different things. I mean, I did your personality analysis that I want to talk about later <laughs> and it came up so accurate, but I love a lot of, a lot of different things, a lot of different topics. But then I have, my, yeah. I, I think to myself, like, should I be going, should I, we'll, we'll get into that okay. later. Should I go, I'm, I'm thinking, should I go deep into like, what if I want to do original research on some stuff? That's that mm-hmm. I would have to put all these other things aside to, to go deep into one thing. And then I, and I think, is that, is that worth it? Do I, cause there's a bunch of things that I would like to go deep into, but then I lose this whole thing of reading all the guest books or learning about the guests before they come on the show and, and approaching all these different topics. I mean, it's, it's, you know, but I can't be an expert in anything. I really don't know anything. That's what I feel like. I, I just don't, yeah. I can maybe talk about a lot of things, but I really don't know a lot. So I'm like extremely against the idea that there is any one right approach to life. And one of the challenges, like, you know, sometimes people are like, okay, so is your book going to be a business book or is it in the self-help genre or is it psychology? (laughs) And one of the things that I'm always wary of is the self-help genre because it's just full of gurus who have subjective advice. And that subjective advice is something that was anecdotal and it worked for them. And that's fantastic. But I'm a believer in personalization. That's why I created an assessment in the first place. But the assessment itself is even 
I'm very careful with my approach to the assessment because obviously at the end of the day, you're given a label. It's like, you know, Harry Potter sorting hat, you know, you're left with some label like alchemist or architect. And so then again, you go, oh, are you putting me in a box? So you have to be very careful with your approach to these things. And ultimately where it lands is I just don't think there's any one recipe to life. Uh, I think it was Carl Jung that said the shoe that pinches one, you know, the shoe that fits one person pinches another. And that was just his analogy for this approach to life. And so do we go deep? Do we go wide? I don't know. I've learned to follow my curiosities. And I I think the people that I see, they're the most, I I, I even hesitate to use the word successful. Maybe what's the word content. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great word. That's a great word. That's one of my favorites. It's just, um, it's, it's, it's continuously following that thing that keeps your brain and your body moving. And, um, for some people it's like they switch quickly. Um, and other people, they like to go deep into something and be like a marine biologist for the rest of their lives. That's totally cool. Why not? We need that person in the world. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, what about when you start, uh, okay. I got so many questions here. Um, what should we get into starting your own, you know, your own, your own project, your own business, your own ideas. I mean, I have, um, you know, I feel like I have lots of good ideas and then I, and then after that I stew in them too long, then they become less appealing or I, or I have this mm. a bit of a block like, okay, well maybe that's not going to fly or maybe that's not good. I'm, it might be a normal, a normal thing that people have like a download of inspiration or they do something and then what? You got to ignore that shit. Yeah, how do you? So how do you? That's why you got to pounce. Like you can't, you can't, you can't back. Darren's a, a pouncer. I'm more of a like I analyze a little bit. Sometimes a We'd little bit too much. Still be talking maybe, about but... podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so ignore? You're saying ignore the inspiration or no, dive into? No, the inspiration? he he I says ignore that hesitancy, that that like uh, that that doubt, that that little bit of doubt that comes in if you know before you're ready to make that move or whatever it is. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, that's a really interesting question. Cause I, again, it goes back to like, we have a natural disposition, all of us. So I think there's like a, there's a superpower in that ability to create ideas. And, um, you know, this is the type of person that I would just say, even if we just start diving into a little bit of like the, the stuff I'm into around psychology and, and type in yeah, general, yeah, yeah. um, you know, you have certain types of people where the way they process information is internal. And, um, you know, we have two types that do that. Um, and I'm looking at my little brain type chart on the screen and there are two types that, that do that internally. And one is the architect, right? And that architect is a very linear thinker. And the other is the, uh, Oracle and the Oracle is also internal facing, but it's like, They live in this very abstract world. So some people are very good at like, and you know, Elon Musk has become somewhat controversial now, which I love that it's even controversial, but you know, he, you see, you watch this guy think, and it's like, is he there right now? Like, is he, or is he like somewhere in the universe inside of his mind, like plucking ideas and sort of bringing them together. And that's really the way the Oracle works. The way the architect works, the way I work is like everything in my brain is like a a filing cabinet. I'm like, oh yeah, Graham said that thing. I'm going to put it right there. And then he likes this. Okay, cool. And then I kind of like can fit it together and build blocks very in a very stable way. 
good like builders, but ultimately like some people are just wired to be idea generating machines. One of the types is the alchemist and the alchemist is like the Einsteins, the Da Vinci's people that are just like, are you? Yeah. 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 So, so that makes sense. And other people are very good at executing. They're creative. Explorers are generally these types of people. Architects can be these types of people. There's a little bit of, you know, we, we all contain, by the way, we all contain a little bit of all of this. It's a spectrum. So some people are a little bit more in the middle, obviously. And like I, like I gave the caveat before, I'm, you're boxing yourself in in order to put language to something that's elusive, but you don't want to get caught up in the box too, too much. It's a tool. And so the idea of execution, some people are just fantastic at executing. They're amazing. And so guys like you probably work really well together. You know, uh, actually, that's a, yeah, it's a pretty good compliment. It's a pretty good balance. I mean, I, I was reading, I was, did my thing and it came up as the alchemist. And then I, I, I read the, and I was like, wow, I was like, wow, that actually, it doesn't seem like it's just the question, the answers to the questions that are making up this. It feels like it really fits me. And then I was doing this, I'm working on this little book on recovery. It's a self-help thing, you know, it's very mm-hmm. subjective, but it's about alchemy and recovery and about intentional recovery, small recovery groups, that type of thing. I mean, this mm. is as good as time as any to talk about it. And I had this, the meeting process, like you'd have this small meeting and, and the, the process or the protocol of the meeting, I had the, the leader of the meeting, the alchemist in there. So oh. it's very, very synchronistic <laughs> and it fits very well that the alchemist would sort of, it was like their template of running the meeting, you know, now you can say yeah. this and do that and you help people come up with their intentions, their healing intentions for the group. Um, so I don't know. It's got, I think we're going to get Darren to do that afterwards, but uh, I think it fits really well. Do what? Good. Test? The test, yeah. Yeah. Brain type assessment. Yeah, it's free and people like it, you know, um, and it's helped a lot of companies, a lot of individual artists, things like that. But then we have a, you know, I made one that's, you know, more, way more in depth. That's like a, a sort of one pager, very quick quiz, we might call it, that gives you like the the first part, what I call brain type. But as far as the full personality, the elements, that's something that I'm working on getting everywhere. It's like my approach to a new, um, you know, there's been so many huge assessments out there, right? Like Myers-Briggs, uh, Strengths Finder, Emotional Intelligence. And these are all great tools that a lot of companies in particular like to use because look, like I did that. I did all of this not to make money. I did all of this. Well, first, when I left my job, I had to make money, but it took me years to get to a point where I could finally like fulfill on the pain that caused me to leave my job. The reason I left my job at Google was because I, I had no idea who the fuck I was. I was miserable. I was just trying to, to fit and climb and fit and climb. Even though you had this amazing job, you know? It was, oh, you had yeah. the dream job in a way, right? I mean, at Google, dream working for Google, and, you know? Yeah, and you think it's security, but it's like, wait a second, you could get fired at a moment's notice. You could get laid off. Like, I think our perception of security in society is completely flawed. And I think that the creator economy is a beautiful thing. I'm so happy that this is happening. I'm so happy that anybody can write a book. Anybody can start a podcast. Anybody can create a course And a lot of people complain about it. Oh, you know, this is shitty and everyone's putting garbage out there. I'm like, fine, whatever. At least people are creating and maybe they're making enough money to be independent. And and let the market decide. 
And it's the it's the act of creating. I've been thinking about that recently. Is that that's instead of just watching or doing something uh, that some or watching somebody else do something or like whether it's TV or whatever. Like even if even if you're just playing a game with somebody in person or reading or creating, like just it just feels there's something more um, fulfilling. I think to it massively. How many people sit around and say I could do that better and never do shit? Every, yeah. So many people. And I was surrounded by these types of people growing up. Oh, yeah, I had that business idea. Uh, I could have done it. I would. I just got tired of hearing that stuff. And deep down, I was like, I got a crate. I don't know what in capacity, what, in what capacity that means. Um, and I had this sort of fear-based mindset that I needed to go down the traditional path before uh-huh. I jumped out on my own. I yeah. thought that would help me. And by the way, you know, in hindsight... It, it did. Like, I am who I am. We are who we are because of every step along the way. But I think that was a bit of a lie that we tell ourselves. I got to go to college. I got to get this job. And ultimately, like, you can make it work. It, like, it, things are so much easier today than they were 10 years ago when I started. Yeah. It took me almost six months to launch a website. <laughs> Ten, ten years, I mean, ten years ago, yeah, excruciating, yeah, yeah, excruciating. So, was it pretty hard to actually pull the trigger and leave Google, though? Or, you know, um, I kind of like it got to a point where it was like back against the wall. This is miserable. Um, it also kind of worked out where my organization started falling apart. You know, because Google is like a a bunch of companies, right, right. you know, under, and so it's like in, within my organization, things were just not going well. People were getting laid off. So it was just like, eh, this isn't growing. And I looked at like going to other divisions. I looked at going to other startups, nothing was doing it. I was like, this is just going to be a remix of the same thing again. And so, um, yeah, I was just like, this isn't working. And I had just met, the girl who's now my wife. And I was like, do you want to go to Cuba? (laughs) And that's what I did. I quit and we went to Cuba and I just sat around thinking about what I would do with my life. Wow. And didn't look back. I haven't looked back. Wow. That's crazy. So when did you realize the biggest lie about success? Is that a recent, more recent thing? Yeah. 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 Success is a, Oh my God. Yeah. You know, these are very Western ideas. And um, I think the balanced person learns to take in a lot of uh, philosophy, classical ideas, Eastern ideas to create a more worldly, well-rounded view that isn't based on some cultural construct that was fed to us. Super unhealthy. And we do that because it's fed to us, but we also do it because we don't want to be the black sheep. We're wired to fit in. We have to. If you're just living a completely unconventional life, even as us, we are all three sitting here very unconventional, nonconformist type people. But uh, you don't want to go too far because all of a sudden it's like, I don't know what the hell Jimmy's doing over there. (laughs) And then you don't have connection with others. And without connection socially with others, you're not going to be healthy. So there's a balance, right? And as I went to seek that balance and kind of like input different worldviews. I think I first did that by just traveling. I've traveled a lot. I love it. It's just like an innate thing for me. Um, 
I don't even keep track. You know, I just kind of, I've been to the same countries many times and I just like expose, expose, talk to people. And you just start to realize like reality should never be used without quote marks. Like it is completely subjective and we're each in our own little tunnel of what reality could be. And so then that started to like crack my perception of success. And, you know, I talk about this a lot, but I think that it's, it's a balance without that, like aim you're meandering and you're lost. So aims are good. A North star is good. You need it, but it's secondary to the process and the craft. Yeah. It has to be secondary because you can get and to that success of- and, and you're not happy. It's not the way you thought oh it was God. all the stuff you went through to get yeah. there and you get there and you're like, Oh, well, that's bad aim though. I would argue. So it's like a, it's an important second because I, I mean, I got to where I thought I wanted to be and I wasn't any happier. You know what I mean? There was a time I wanted to be the boss of the company I work at and I'm the boss and I still got to go there. And that's, mm. you know, I don't hate my job. That's the difference. I mean, that's probably why Graham's a full-time podcaster and I'm not because in a lot of ways mm-hmm. I have a ton of freedom in my job. I have a ton of autonomy. Um, now. <laughs> I, I don't know if, I don't think it's aim though. I mean, the way you described it in your, in your one episode there, Armand, it was more about, you know, you get to where you want it to be and it's just not, it's not what you thought it was. I, I don't think that's aim necessarily. I think that's, that's, um, that's aiming at the wrong spot. I, I would, I, to me, that's aiming at the wrong spot. That's why, that's why when I, whenever I'm talking to anyone about manifestation and stuff like that, it's, it always comes with a bunch of self-work and a bunch of internal, hard-looking internal, you know, because when we do it, we usually do it through books. I work with groups of mm-hmm. small people, and we'll do it through reading books. And it always starts with the heavy-hitting, hard-look-at-yourself books. And my argument is because otherwise you're going to fucking end up getting something you think you want, and you're going to be like, fuck. Mm-hmm. And it's just a, a bunch of waste of time. So that, to me, that's like taking the time to aim my fucking artillery so that mm-hmm. when I finally pull the trigger, it hits because I've manifested a few things that I didn't want that I'm a fucking guilty party in. And it's not that I didn't want it. It's just that maybe, well, in some cases I didn't want it, but in other cases, maybe it was just, I hadn't really thought through enough what I really wanted. That's kind of what I wanted to ask Armand is that I've, I've been in like in business with people and they're, they're not happy. They're, they're lost. And I, and I try and find out, well, what do you want out of, out of your life? Like, what do you want out of this business? What do you, what do you well, want to do? And, so and they can't, point, they can't answer. Most people have no idea yeah, they can't. because they don't know who they are at all. Yeah. So how and do you, and I totally agree with Darren. Well, I think it's what Darren said. It's like really hard fucking work up front. That is like the mirror is right in your face. And you're forced to really recognize who you really are on the surface level, on the personality level, but even on a deeper spiritual level. Like, who are you really? What are you here for? Like, what's your true state? And uh, I think a lot of people are afraid of that. I think a lot of people are afraid of, of uh, I think one of the best guiding principles in life, too, is to, you know, one time someone said to me, like, you know, hey, Armand, like, what would you say and do right now if death was sitting on your shoulder? I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? And they're like, yeah, like, you got a week to live. Like, what are you going to do? Who are you? Really? 
And these guiding questions are, are ancient questions. I mean, Marcus Aurelius talks about this in meditations. And uh, so it's just these guiding questions. I think questions are really powerful. And then that can guide you to a place where first you have to understand who you are. And we're actually all the same at the end of the day. <laughs> like most people arrive at a very similar destination if they go deep enough. The only difference is the way we outwardly express it. Like we all have different, we have a different, we have a different gift. We have a different ability to manifest. We have a different ability to create. Our art is different. Our brains are different. So then we just show up in the world differently. But I think our true state is way, way more similar than we realize. Um, I mean, I think it's all just, we're star stuff. <laughs> What's that big question you say is, what would you do if money wasn't, uh, how do you word that? Yeah, not my, it's not my question. It's something Alan Watts once said that stayed right, with me right. forever. It's, uh, what would you do if money were no object? This is another great question. It's like, yeah, maybe I'd be a video producer, a marine biologist, or a podcaster. And I think that a lot of people will delay on going the path that they would ultimately if money were not the driving factor because of the same thing that we were talking about earlier. You know, I think it was before we started recording about where you live. Why is it so hard to just move somewhere that you actually want to be? Because we create these blocks, these obstacles, these stories about why it's hard and why we can't and why we have these, you know, um, responsibilities. But like, dude, you get one life. <laughs> like, that's why I think it's so important to meditate on death, to meditate on, 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 on existence itself. That's why I tend to be very philosophical, because it helps me guide my life to live and ultimately die well, because I am deeply, deeply in tune with that fact that none of us escapes it. Not even the emperor of Rome escaped death. So we might as well live in harmony with who we really are and enjoy this ride um, and not get to destinations where we're like, oh shit, this was meaningless. I just yeah. wasted 10 years. <laughs> yeah. I thought I wanted that, but I don't. Yeah. I love, I love that. That's fan That's fantastic. So what advice do you have for people that would, they want to start up something or they want to leave their job or they want to get into a new business or become their own boss or whatever it is. Like, is there any, do you have any typical advice for them? Wow. Well, uh, <laughs> I'm laughing because um, I'm 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 not sure because I used to I used to believe that um, anybody could enter the creator economy and successfully be a solopreneur, and my opinion on that has shifted because solopreneurship is one thing, um, but really starting a company. And uh, making that your life is one of the most challenging things in my life I've ever done. And it's 100% not for everybody. And so I think that like, if somebody is asking how or should I, they shouldn't. Right. That's right. kind of where I'm at today. I like that. Yeah. yeah. You have to want to like kind of run through a brick wall for it. Because you, you're going to have to actually. Like you're going to have to. What were some of the biggest uh, challenges for you in, in, a, in your own company and these startups that you had to 
Some of them were like, you know, just external facing problems. Like, oh my God, we just woke up and lost like $200,000 because the product that we manufactured just was damaged and it's done. And what the fuck are we going to do? Yeah. Or like it's stuck on a boat. We needed it. Amazon's going to shut us down or, you know, these external problems or, um, or, or people, people yep. oriented, not knowing how to hire, who to hire, when to fire. Uh, only time and experience teaches you that stuff. It's wild. You know, you hire your friends when you first start, the people that are loyal to you, and uh, it's not always the best move. Um, you learn to get a little bit more cutthroat. You learn that uh, emotions are good and healthy and empathy is good and healthy and building culture is good, but not at the expense of profit. Because if you don't have profit, you don't have a business, then nobody has a job. Another thing I learned the hard way. Yeah. I was like, oh, we'll be a purpose-driven company. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, like, sure, if the government's funding you or you're a nonprofit and you, and you just, I mean, even a nonprofit has to be profitable. <laughs> they can't just keep losing money forever. Yeah. So you learn basic business fundamentals. And the most successful nonprofits run their businesses like a for-profit but ideally they put purpose and people first and you just learn a lot of things the hard way. But the other aspect of it is like internal facing. It's just constant questions of like, why am I doing this? Should I be doing this? Do I need to pivot? Is this still for me? Is the reason that I started this still true? And those things continuously come up throughout the journey. So it's like, that's why the why has to be so strong and so aligned with that, that aim so that you can run through anything. Um, you also have to learn when to not run through the brick wall and like, just sit down and, (laughs) you know, think and make sure you're, you're on the right path still. Yeah. And if it's going to be worth it, I guess, I mean, it's got to be worth, worth the effort in the long run. I mean, that's what most people aren't going to want to work. Most people probably wouldn't want to live my life right now, but they probably want to live my life in five years. They probably want to live Graham's life now, mm. but they probably didn't want to live Graham's life for the last seven years Yeah, when it was work for eight hours then sit in traffic for an hour, then come home, fucking scarf down dinner so that you can edit podcasts or write show notes or read a book or narrate for fucking hundreds of hours or all that stuff. So, I mean, I kind of do a cross thing where I'm not, cause here I'll be frank. I don't fucking love doing audiobooks. It kind of sucks. That's the, honestly Mm -hmm. the best part because if it didn't suck, everybody would be doing it. Like everybody kind of has a podcast. (laughs) Um, so it's a a lot harder market the fucking podcast market because there's this much smaller barrier to entry, but making audiobooks fucking sucks. It doesn't suck for grounds part is probably much better because he's actually reading all the material, but it's still not great. Because it's, a, it's some of it's a slog because we're yeah. picking really difficult, ancient tome tomes that are like 800 pages of like really hard reading. So, so it's kind of to mm. me, but then we wouldn't be able to market those things if it weren't for the thing that we love. So it's kind of like a hybrid of the two, which is kind of like, I'm a big fan of MJ DeMarco. I don't know if you've if you've seen any of his stuff. Uh, he does unscripted. Um, yeah, he has a very interesting approach to it. I actually, because I I uh, interact with him a little bit. Um, 
And I was actually surprised to find that he wasn't into – I know he had used some uh, Napoleon Hill quotes in one of his books. And I asked him, he's like, you know, I, I like some of his quotes, but I really – I just couldn't get into it because he comes from a very different hmm. mindset where he's like, <clears throat> you might not love this, but the danger of love what you do is that you'll fall into, like you say, a solopreneurship, which mm-hmm. now it's great. You know what? I fucking love – fucking dogs so i'm gonna start up a fucking mm-hmm. dog babysitting fucking thing it's gonna be awesome all these different dogs all the time and then like three years later you fucking hate dogs and you can't take any time off because your margins are too small and you haven't really looked at that and if you hire someone to watch the dogs now there's not enough fucking there's no market there anymore so it's kind of like nailed it you know, there's this kind of two pronged approach where you don't. You, there's a real danger of turning what you love into a fucking death sentence if you yes. don't follow through with it. And I mean, I don't love doing audiobooks, but I know I only have to do fifty or a hundred, and then you know I can sort of, you know, be thankful that I did that. I'll use those terms. I'll be thankful that we'll be thankful that we took those thousands of hours to make those audiobooks, probably for the rest of our life. Hmm. Every month, you know? Yeah. Every month when the royalty check comes in, I'll be like, oh, fuck, that was worth it. Because now you haven't read an audiobook and fucking, you know, ideally, this is all stable and it works years and years into the future. And, you know, you're getting these royalties forever, like, like a lot of authors do. You know, it's the same sort of right. ideal as that. But, you know, authors probably enjoy the process a little bit more because most authors <laughs> love writing. You love writing? I didn't love it. I honestly didn't love it. I found, I, found I know, it, I know a lot of authors that hate writing. I fucking hated it. So I enjoyed doing the first part. It was fun. Slap it all together. Boop, 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 boop. And then getting into the like grind of like back and forth on the edit and the sourcing and the, oh. uh, by the end I was just, I just wanted the thing to be done. You're outsourcing. The I, gotta, sourcing. I outsourced you, the sourcing. You, Darren, Thanks, I feel baby. Like this would be up your, up your alley. Have you heard of the, uh, the war of art by Stephen Pressfield? No. Okay. That's, I'll have to that's, check it out. That's right up your alley. So it's a, it's a writer. He's a famous author. And uh, he mostly had written fiction up until that point. Like he wrote, uh, he's done a lot of like the Greek Persian stories. And then he did Legend of Bagger Vance. A lot of movie, like stuff that has been turned into movies. And, um, and then he uh, wrote this book that's become like a cult classic in the in the self development space, called the. And I was, it's not the War of Art, but the Art of War, and it's ultimately about creativity. And he's like, I'm a writer, I hate it, but I force myself to. I think the almost close paraphrase exact words are like, every morning at 7 a.m., I sit my ass down in my chair and I stare at my notepad or my laptop or whatever. And that repetitive process, and he goes through all the distractions, and he turns um, the pain that we feel in our lives when we need to do something into this entity called resistance. (laughs) And he's like, the more fear you feel towards something, that means the more resistance there is toward it, that means the more necessary it is that you produce that and put it out into the world. So he says that like some of the great artists, some of the great directors, some of the great performers experienced like insane levels of resistance that they had to overcome. Like more fear equals more necessary to do essentially. And he like, but he turns it into this like devilish entity 
like where it's almost like you have to overcome the devil in order to to get your creativity out into the world. That's and, right, but it's uh, a devil of your own making. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I love that. I mean, that's kind of what I was trying to get at earlier is there's that, you, you know, you have that sort of flood of creativity or that download of ideas and you, you put it down, but then it's, it's, it's what you do from there. Like, can you, can you get through the resistance of actually pushing it out to the, to other people or the public or whatever? Yep. Yeah. I mean, I was talking to somebody today. He's uh, uh, about to celebrate his 50th soon. And he was like, crazy rock climber went really deep into the mastery of that throughout his life. And then he kind of suddenly was like, I need to shift. I want to try something else, a different hobby, a different thing to master. And at, you know, 48 years old, he's like, I'm going to learn to play the guitar. But the thing that was most fearful for him that he didn't give a shit about impressing anybody with, he knew that by like recording a video and putting it out there, that that was the thing that was going to get him to accelerate on the path of learning and like would make him feel good. It was like for him. So he's like, I took the video and I put it on Facebook or whatever, one of those platforms. And it, and it overcame something and it kept him going down the path of mastery. But that was him sort of exemplifying this whole fear and, and resistance thing that I think we all feel. I feel it all the time. I have felt it when I had to get up to, to speak before. I've felt it if I need to write something. I mean, it comes up often, actually. Mark Manson equates it to like the feeling brain or the logical brain and the feeling brain, the thinking brain and the feeling brain. And your, your feeling brain wants to go all do that stuff and your logical brain is telling it all the reasons why that's a fucking <laughs> terrible idea, but ultimately, or vice versa, depending on the situation, but ultimately, I mean, the way he describes it, the feeling brain always wins out. And then the, the, the role of the logical brain is more to just explain to yourself why that's okay. Or why it was the logical choice in a, in a lot of ways, but it, it's that, I guess I, I I don't know if I agree with that a hundred percent, but I, I like the two brain analogy because I do feel mm -hmm. like in a lot of ways I bribe myself and I'd be like, well, you know, I just want to listen to my audio book right now. I don't want to fucking listen to Graham, but I'll just be like, all right, well, you can just fucking go, go sit down and edit for an hour and a half and then we'll go smoke a joint and we'll listen to a 45 minutes audio book and then we'll go do a few more hours or, you know, little bribes like that all the time. Which he talks about in his uh, book, in one of his books, about how you, the one brain can sort of bribe the other brain, and you can use that to to, to get over that learning, resistance. Yeah. Wasn't that one of the triggers for you, him, and the success thing? Um, Mark Manson's? Yeah. Yes. I love Mark Manson. I'll never forget. Like, yeah, you, you heard it, but that story, like of what happened to him after the subtle art of not giving a fuck changed my life. It was just another example, Graham, like another example of somebody seeking a certain level of success or glory. And then it being like, Oh my God, this is it. So th what it, what it was, what you're referring to is he obviously had a dream of taking his blog and turning it into a book. And <laughs> I've been following him for a long time. He's like an OG internet guy, you know, blogger, had this had this great blog, a lot of good self help stuff, and I think Mark picking is up women, brilliant. That's where yeah. he got his start. Yeah, that's where he really started. I mean, it's got it sounds seedy, but I mean, if you actually read his book on on how to attract women, it's mostly a self help book. 
one of the better mm-hmm. self-help books. It's just male orientated. Yeah. I mean, that's the secret of pickup, right? <laughs> it's like so many people has just be in yourself and be yeah, good at it. It's just being whole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. And then so many people that just, so many ladies that just loved his, uh, not give a fuck book. If they knew his first yes. book would just be like mother. Right. <laughs> well, the difference is this other book was like traditionally published, pushed way out there. Um, and it just, it became like a, 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 it had meme energy to it. Right. The title is amazing. Like it just, it, it, sometimes that happens. It happens once every five to 10 years. And so then he goes and gets the level of success that he never dreamed possible. And then, you know, he talked about with, um, different podcast, a friend of mine, Lewis house school of greatness. He was on that podcast talking about it and saying, I literally was so depressed that I didn't get up from my sofa all summer and just sat there and played Zelda. <laughs> and I had everything I ever wanted. So I was like, okay, I cannot be focused on these outcomes. I can be focused on having an aim and a direction, but if I'm focused on outcomes and goals, so then what do I do? I need to release my attachment to any outcome whatsoever. That's kind of essentially where I landed so far. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And feeling that, like, I like to try and feel the contentment. Like, I, my, my thing about contentment is raising the base level of contentment. If my base level of contentment can keep getting raised and raised, there's less of these, like, ups and downs emotionally. And I just feel like it's living just a little bit more of your authentic life in the moment. I mean, that's really on cliche in a way, but that's the way I, f- I feel it, it is. And um, where was I going with that? Um um, getting there, like I like to try and envision the feeling I'm going to have. Mm. That's the specific visualization. And the, the gen- generic one is just around, uh, you know, a generic idea. Like let's say reading books from home or whatever it might be. And, and it's that, that that's the way I'm trying to manifest things lately is, is mm. the feeling of, of the accomplishment of, of, and the, and a general thing that, that I'm trying to, to work towards. If that makes sense. You know, I used to, yeah, I used to do a lot of that stuff and you guys are kind of inspiring me to <laughs> kind of, kind of go back to some of those ideas a little bit. Some of those Napoleon Hillish sorts of ideas. Um, cause I, I started there like, you know, in a lot of ways, like that, that book was transformational for me. Wow. You mentioned um, drifting a lot yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So oh, Outwitting the Devil is newer. Yeah. Have you read Outwitting the Devil at all? I that book is unbelievable. Wow. It could I be one of the it. most important books ever released. I I I couldn't agree with you more and I think I was in a place in my life where th- the door was open like to my to my psyche. I'll never forget like I couldn't put it down and I read it extremely slowly. That's what I do with very important books. And dude, I would sit there and read one sentence and my whole body would like shake. Wow. Holy shit. Like it was a crazy experience, that book. It was like a psychedelic experience, actually. Yeah. I'm getting shit. the shivers. Go I'm getting the shivers up. right now just listening to you. Oh, yeah, I listen to that book. Wild. Like, I listen to it every I listen to the audiobook every couple of months. I mean it's quick. You really? listen to it a day. Rip through. So I mean, I have a whole regiment that I do every spring. Of books just to make sure I'm uh, on course. You can get caught up in your own shit. 
you know, lose mm-hmm. sight or whatever. Hmm. I, I take the spring off, to take a break. <laughs> I mean, that's why. I mean, I, I want. I'd like to get to your book, but I'm back. I'm done spring, and I'm into like summer, fall, winter is all fiction. Hmm. The new Abercrombie will be out in like six weeks, so I'm gonna redo a bunch of that stuff to prepare for it. So I make sure I'm ready. But I'm gonna add that to the list. I'll throw it in there somewhere. It's probably short, right? <laughs> that's the thing: is good fiction is like. Super long, but good self-help is yeah. super short. That's true. That's true. So how, let's talk about flow and staying in the moment then. I mean, that's that's uh, a big part of your, your thing as well. And I think that's one of the most important things is being attuned to what's happening right now and not worrying about the past and the future. And, you know, there's time for planning and there's time for worrying about stuff or not worrying about it, but pl- thinking about it. I don't like th- I don't think worrying is, is good at all no matter what, but how important is that to you? And then also the health and wellness part of it and, and keeping, yeah. keeping that going. Flow is one of those things. I, you know, when I, when I stumbled upon the idea, um, which the term was coined by Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, a Hungarian professor um, who's, who's in America now. And Something about the depth of his approach to the topic, I could very clearly see that his outcome was exactly what my outcome had been in life, except he took it 10 times further. You know, he's, uh, I think he's 90 years old now. And um, he dedicated his life to positive psychology, pioneer of positive psychology, along with Martin Seligman. And I could see that the outcome was one that combined like all these classical sage wisdom and philosophy and spirituality ideas with modern psychology in a very new and refreshing way because all they really had to stand on was the work of freud and jung and um, a few others of course but like they really were pioneers him and seligman in this positive psychology space that has created most of the psychology books we see today like they really are the ones that put that out there and at the end of the day, I realized that flow, he calls it optimal experience. So it's like you're optimizing for optimal experience in life. And so what is optimal experience? It's one where you feel fucking amazing at the end of the day. Like to put it simply, it's like he's talking about doing activities that puts you into a state where time dilates and warps and you're not sure if it's speeding up or slowing down. And so why not want to be in a state of being in a state of mind where you feel ecstatic and amazing and you're producing and you're creative, right? So that's the other aspect to it is generally people are doing or creating something. They might be kite surfing or they might be writing a book, but at the end of the day, there's some challenge. There's something happening that really puts them into a state um, where they feel connected and fulfilled and whole. And I'm like, wow, this is really deep shit. And actually, I think he's using psychology as a sort of platform and gateway to get people to understand what life is ultimately about. And don't get me wrong, like everyone has different things that speak to them and their approach. And so for me, I was like, okay, this really speaks to me. I'd love to, you know, I think what's important is to acknowledge the people that come before you and everybody stands on the shoulders of giants. So it's like, all right, I want to build upon this. I want to go further with this. I want to create 
an assessment for this, you know, my elements assessment, I want to um, proliferate these ideas further because I have now, I've learned entrepreneurship. I've learned marketing. Not enough people know about these ideas. And so that's, that's where it all started for me. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's like life has become a dance of going into flow and then falling down and being like, oh man, and you have the rough days and you just fall apart. And then something shows up, a challenging event shows up, you get anxious, you know, you get sad, you feel like shit, you don't want to get up the next day. And then it's like, nope, I'm going to calibrate myself again for that optimal experience. And so there is no being in flow forever because if we were in flow forever, it wouldn't be pleasurable. It'd be meaningless. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So So what can you break out, break down positive psychology a little bit for, for people? Well, I mean, most of psychology was based around people that had problems. It was like, there's this medical condition, the psychological condition, there's schizophrenia, there's bipolar, there's all these different conditions that were a problem. There's just generally just depression and anxiety. And so psychology was mostly in a lot of ways, uh, either psychoanalysis, which is the work of Freud and Jung, and they had their little splitting off, but originally kind of the fathers of that. Or then you have the world of like psychiatry where it's like, let's work on this person with medicine and heal them or therapy and heal them. And then kind of as the decades went on, Seligman and Csikszentmihalyi came along and were like, well, wait a second. Like, what if we actually were helping people create more well-being, like healthy people? And even the word healthy is like, who's healthy? Who's not? This is all subjective. Uh, Most people have something. Let's focus on where we want to take people, not just fixing the problem. And so the work became all around this idea of growth, development, um, helping people understand how to measure well-being mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically. So for anybody who's curious about this stuff, Martin Seligman has a great course that you can take on um, Coursera, actually. University-level course. It's him teaching at the university video format and you can learn all this directly from him and it's it's amazing (laughs) it's amazing work thank you that was brilliant brilliant explanation i mean i love the flow thing because i mean it's it's just being intense in the moment my dad used to tell me and it was from a i think it was from advice from a business perspective like going into meeting like he used to tell me just be be in the moment and and he passed away in 2003. And when I was in business, working my way up the corporate ladder or trying to like his, his, I would remember his words. And I think he was telling me to be present in business, in business situations, but I'm sure it was a life. It was a overall life thing too. But th- thinking back now that he was really pushing the, the <laughs> staying in the moment, you know, when I was so mm-hmm. much younger, you know, in my twenties and thirties. And it, and it really is, so important to be actively listening and to being, you know, to be in the moment. This, this being in this podcast is practice for that. I was I mean, just going mean, to say that. Like, I, I can't pay attention to chats or do anything. I'm really just trying to just be present and have hold space in in, in what's happening. But uh, so in a sport, I get into flow. Yeah, like right now, yeah. I am like so fucking tuned in, you know. And then whether I'm on this side or the other side, exactly. Yeah, that's why I started the podcast. <laughs> 
it's my expression of of accessing flow and creating something of value you know yeah it's it's total presence exactly yeah. exactly and i mean it's so easy to see it in the sports analogy because when you when you're used to practicing a sport for years and years and years and and stuff happens automatically when you're completely in the moment and you don't even know how you did it that's that's a little easier to to acknowledge but it's it's uh yes. just during the day-to-day it's a little harder you know darren do you want to comment on anything about this or where do you want to go from here yeah. i don't know you got any business questions or business questions entrepreneurship or well what about the book what which publishing route did you decide was better yeah yeah man so it was tough because the more you go down the, the rabbit hole the more you learn and it's like I had this story that I wanted to go traditional and uh, it was mostly for, you know, like, like for example, subtle, subtle art of not giving a fuck would not have reached a level that it did arguably if it were not through like a traditional publisher. But there is a counter argument to that. Like David Goggins book, Can't Hurt Me, he published with my friends at Scribe. And I talked to Javon at Scribe and he's like, what? That basically proves that whole theory wrong. Like <laughs> this guy sold millions of books and most of it audio, by the way, a lot of audio books. Like people love listening to that guy. It's, it's, it's amazing. He's so motivational. And so I was like, okay, so what are my goals really? Where I landed was I spoke to some of the publishers and it was terrible. This book would take years to, to not only develop and, and write and edit and look, like my, my argument for wanting traditional was I want to create the best book possible. So one aspect is the reach. And the other aspect is you get a team of people that help you create the best book possible. Now, I fundamentally believe that's true. But a lot of people say, no, no, no. What you do is you lose your book to them <laughs> because they take over. They change the title. They change the cover. They change this. They change the writing. They everything. And that's true. They could do that. But where I landed was I talked to some publishers that were dinosaurs, and I, I think most of them are going to have to evolve or they're going to die. But I met one publisher called Ben Bella, and they were so refreshing. Their whole thing is very entrepreneurial approach and partnership-based. And so they gave me a very different vibe, a very different approach where they're like, we're going to partner on this book. We're going to make decisions together. We'll even give you contractual ability to choose the cover to, you know, the, the title, like all this stuff. This is like, this feels right. It gives me the distribution I want. It gives me the creative freedom I want. It gives me the partners I want to create the best book possible. So that's the route I ended up going. It's a traditional publisher, but it's a unique one. Um, it's a very different one. And I, I'm really happy with it so far. And I'm still early stage, started writing. Um, it feels good. I mostly think I'm going to have to like get on airplanes to write this thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the only time I really get in the, in the zone to write. But, um, yeah. That's but there a are a lot point. of good you're, options out you're there. You're stuck like, there, again, sitting there. You got it. You're like, okay, this is my writing time. I got 10 hours on this flight. I'm just going to yeah. hammer it out. Yep. So do you, That's can you so tell us true. a little bit about, about what it's going to be about or what it's, can sure, you, I mean, sure. So the title is unleashed and we'll see if it's still the title when it comes out. But, <laughs> um, so I created, so you guys took my brain type assessment. That's free. Anybody can take that. But I created another assessment that's extremely in-depth where people get like a 25 to 30 page report on their personality. And it's called the elements assessment. 
And when people buy the Unleashed book, they'll get a code to the Elements Assessment. Nice. Which is pretty cool because we typically sell the Elements Assessment for like 50 bucks, but the book will only be like, you know, 25 bucks. So they get the book, they get the assessment. And some assessment books that were written in the past were just like, the. here's why I'm writing the book. When you take any type of assessment, for me, at least, the question that is often left is like, what now? I'm just like, cool, what now? And so the book is meant to answer that question of what now? It's just, here's everything that comes after you take a good hard look in the mirror, as Darren was saying earlier, and understand who you are. And now here is a personalized path that you could take where people like you have taken toward evolving and expanding and creating across having the best, you know, creating good relationships, creating the best sense of health, creating a great career for yourself. So it's a personalized approach to this whole self-help genre. I love That's that. I love that. It's kind of what we were talking about in the beginning is how do you answer? And it what is. I was trying to say about the business people, they don't know what they want. They don't know. They don't know what they would do without, if money wasn't an object or they don't yeah. know even what they want to do with their current business opportunities or their current business. Or, I mean, it's, it's such a tough thing. You're, we're stuck in this sort of wishy-washy spot where people are just working the day jobs and they don't know how to get out. So I think yeah. that's a great idea. It's fantastic. Look, I mean, it's taken me almost a decade to get to the point where I wanted to write the book nine, 10 years ago, literally this same book. Wow. It has just taken me a long time to build the understanding, build the product, build the, the individual level of like speaking to people. I've spoken to so many people you know, and like trying to deeply understand their path, deeply understand their psyche and be like, okay, we're at a place now where like, we, we aren't full of shit and we can talk about this and I can put something out there that actually helps people. But like, ultimately it all started with, I'm miserable. I'm in a job that, that doesn't express who I am. I could go to another company and that'd be great too. And then I went and became an entrepreneur and I'm like, this is also really hard. Who am I? What do I do best? Where should I be focused on my time? What kind of business should I be building? So it's meant to answer these questions alongside how do I work best with other people? Who should I be aligned with relationships wise, work wise, career wise, all of that. So it, it totally like is, is from the very beginning. It's all tied together. That's fantastic. So, so you can actually do that assessment now though. Cause I, I'm, I'm all for, I think this is great. These uh, assessments just to even get you thinking about, you know, yourself in a different way and maybe things that you didn't realize. Yeah, you, you totally can. It's called the elements assessment project evo.org um, has it, but I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm obviously biased, <laughs> put a ton of work into it. I think it's an how awesome many assessment. types are there on yours? I mean, the thing I like about Briggs Myers is knowing all the other types is arguably more helpful. Yeah. Or at least as helpful as knowing my own, because once I can understand the people I'm working with and, you know, everything, and I don't really understand them all, all the time. I'm not saying that, but it, it just helps. You can that's, start that's to notice people in, like this stuff. In you know, in, 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 that's what I mean. Mostly in a professional environment, you just learn how to get the best out of different people. Yeah. Right seat, right person. And that's why people like companies buy this a lot. They really love assessments and our assessment for that reason. We have eight types and then we also have, so what I, the way I describe it is there are eight compasses and there's 23 crafts. So when you take the assessment, 
you'll be given what is called your compass, and then you'll be given your top three crafts. And your crafts are basically like chief, you know, cultivator, influencer. There's just different things that we're all good at. So it helps you identify like that behavior side of things a little more. And like, where should you spend your time now that you know who you are? So you get both sides of the equation. Awesome. So can I go on your website and read up about all that? Can I go read up about all the types and uh, and the breakdowns from there? Or is that going to be in the you book? You actually can't. You can on one degree. You can with like a limited version of it. But it's something we've been talking about where it's like this information makes sense to just have the types public. As a book. Anybody yeah. can read any type. Yeah. And so that's funny. We've been talking about that. Yeah. yeah that'd be a valuable resource. I'd like to, if you do that as a book, let me know. I'll buy yeah. a copy. Oh, I'm going mean, to do the whole, I'm going to do the <laughs> elemental assessment. I think I, the elements assessment. I want to do that. I decided, uh, you're already living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I went with self-publishing in the end just because everything was going to take too long. Oh, he, yeah, he went much. through the whole thing. And I mean, he had people trying to get him to publish it. And he's like, oh, it's going to take a year. Well, because my book was already done and I wasn't planning on pub. I was always planning on self-publishing. Oh, and wow. I just sent it to my buddy who runs a publishing company or runs part of a publishing company to get his opinion on the final draft before I did a few things. And, you know, he was like, no, nah, no, nah, we got to publish this thing. And. Uh, so he had me talking to some literary agents and then I decided to, I, I decided to not go with them because it was like best case scenario was next year, pretty much. And year, that was like year minimum best case, you know? And then when I started complaining about that, they said, well, maybe six months, but you could tell it just wasn't going to happen. <laughs> no. And then no, they're slow. Yeah. And slow. then the other one is actually when I, I was reaching out for sourcing to the university of Regina to use a paper from one of their professors and buddy asked for a copy of it. And then the university of Regina press was going to offer to publish it, which was actually uh, more tempting because they do publish a lot of indigenous stuff and they've got a commitment to publish things in indigenous languages and stuff like that. But I mean, we own a publishing company. So it's just like, what the fuck would, that doesn't make any sense to not try and build sense. these things in house one way or another. I mean, whether or not we can market it as well as them, or maybe there's a typo or two. But they don't they do catch. any of that anymore. I had to make the cover really? all by myself. I made the cover all by myself. Nothing. They don't Well, do that's that. not true. My girlfriend did the like art for me and then I did the layout myself. Sorry, no, I mean the marketing, like the yeah. publishers, they don't, they don't really do much for you anymore. They don't, you know, back in the day, it was like, they'd make you an author and an author was like a career, you know? Oh, we'll get you on a speaking tour. We'll get you on Good Morning America. We'll do all this stuff for you. They want books from authors that can sell their own books. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there's not a lot of reasons left to go that path. Because they're just scouring through Instagram looking for people that have like one or three plus million followers and hitting them up and going, do you want to do a book? Because we know you can sell a book. Well, they don't know that for sure, right? But <laughs> that's what they're looking for. They yeah. don't do a whole lot anymore. They'll tell you they will. But I have so many friends that have been burned by the process. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I took it on myself. I mean, I Graham doesn't know it yet, but I'm going to put him to work pretty soon here. 
because I haven't found a little small window on the like small shop wholesale. So, I mean, if I could sell 20 books to a hundred shops in Calgary, then look at us go. Oh, now I'm driving around with the publicist. Selling books. Selling coffee books. <laughs> well, we'll use, the, we'll use the postal service. It's definitely not uh, best use of your time to be driving. Yeah. Maybe sending out some emails. So. Oh, well, where can our listeners track you down if they want to get some more uh, Armin Asadi? Yeah, they can. They can head to my website, armanasadi.com. Everything's there: podcasts, updates, whatever you need. It's all there. Is there anything Social else you want to? Yeah, anything else you want to get into before we wrap it up? Parting no, words. This is super. What's that? Do you have any parting words? Uh, my parting words are. Yeah, I just really like your guys' approach, what you're doing. And, uh, you know, there's very, you know, a lot of listeners of this show, whether they're new or they've been with you guys for seven, eight years, whatever it is, it's like, I hope they appreciate the fact that you guys keep it extremely real and you're both individually extremely different and authentic. And that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. And I think that's what gains um, audience. I think that's what, and it's also an example of like, Hey, two people who are just living very different lives, but then they come together to do these activities, to, to build together, to share together. And it's like, I, I think that's what, to me, that's what success looks like these days. It's not this, you know, when I've achieved X, then I'll feel a certain way. So just props to you guys. And thanks for having me on. Thanks, buddy. That's what attracted me to you too. I really appreciate it. Yeah. I just felt like you were just striving to just live your authentic self and, and be happy and do and help people. And I mean, I love it. I love it. The saddest thing is to wake up one day and be like, wow, I just lived a lie and I've been wearing a mask. Yeah. And so my goal has been to take the mask off as quickly as possible. Yes. And, and that takes, you could get hurt. Yeah. But <laughs> fuck it. Yeah. I love it. Live. Yeah. Shit happens. You might get banged up a little bit here and there. <laughs> well, yeah, it's been a fantastic chat. I mean, you should check out our contact at the cabin page, contact at the cabin.com. We have an event coming up in uh, February. Take a peek at that. If that's something that maybe you think is cool and you'd like to be a part of, shoot me an email and we can figure something out. There'll be, there'll be some outwitting the devil stuff there. And Ma it's called magic Ooh. on the mountain. There'll be, uh, there's about, we got three. a Wim Hof instructor coming to teach us all the, uh, oh, I love those the guys. breakdown yeah. like that. We're going to do the ice bath training. We've got a magic guy coming to teach us some Herme some stuff. hermetic rituals and stuff. And, and plus the plus uh, Owen Hunt who does his whole thing is uh, reality transurfing, Napoleon Hill sort of thing, all that. That's wow. going to be a fun time. It's going to be. Okay. I'll definitely check that out. And guys, I'm here to help you however I can. Let's definitely keep hanging out, talking. Well, yeah, this is what I'm getting at. I mean, I don't want you to buy a ticket. If it's something you're into, then maybe we can figure out a way to get you on the docket and we can all be hanging out in six months. Cool. Thanks, buddy. Let's keep talk. us in the loop when your book comes out, too. Definitely plug that. I will. Yeah. I will. Awesome, buddy. All yeah, right, and email Thanks Graham the name me. of those that other book because I want to check that out. I got it I, on the show. Oh, you got it in the show notes? Yeah. Okay. Which one? I said too many. Did yeah, you, get you it, did. Right? Yeah. The one uh, that you were surprised I hadn't read already. The Oh yeah, the 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 uh, uh, war art of war, war of art. Yeah, war of art. I always yeah. get it backward. Yeah, war of yeah, art. That one. You have to read that. Awesome. I'll send it to you. Let me send it to you. Okay. I have so many copies. All yeah, right, right on. I, buddy. 
I give books out like crazy. That's oh, my okay. Thing. Which books, dude? So, I have like I I collect. <laughs> like, let me see your library. <laughs> I collect I collect Dune books, so I like to give out the first Dune to people. Oh yeah. And I also go to the used bookstore. I, I I'm in there once um, once every two weeks or so collecting, because I'm a huge audiobook guy. But I want all the hard copies of the audiobooks I like. I'm so I'm slowly collecting a hundred, hundreds of books in my library just from that. So I'll have all these books I haven't really read, but I've listened to the audiobooks enough time that I've practically got them memorized. And you, and you give out the <laughs> Napoleon Hill books, right? Well, yeah, Napoleon. I, it's hard to find a secondhand copy of Outwitting the Devil. Because even the guy that works there, like, I've only seen that once. <laughs> and, and the reason is because uh, when you have that book, you don't give it up. Like, Ooh. I don't plan on giving, I'll lend it out. Yeah. I want that chip back. Now I'll give it out. I'll just order another copy. Right. But it's like where, but my, um, there's always a bunch of copies of Think and Grow Rich in there because I'm telling you right now, what happens is people get like three chapters into Think and Grow Rich and they're like, oh no, this is, I see where this is going. And they're, they're done with it. Oh, I've read, I've heard that from people. No, I've read this before. And I'm like, listen, just read it front to back. <laughs> And, and tell me, because, I, I mean, you just sit there telling me, oh, you're a lucky guy. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Just read the fucking book. Just read the book. <laughs> and and because I'm not a lucky guy. I just read this book, and I took it pretty serious. And it's I still maintain that it's probably, I mean, if I would have had Outwitting the Devil at that time, it would have mm-hmm. been a different story. But I didn't, I didn't get into Outwitting the Devil until more recently. But I read Think and Grow Rich a long time ago. And that mm-hmm. was probably, you know, I still buy it because you can go get the set used copies. There's, I've probably got six copies of it on my bookshelf right now. And then whenever someone comes by, I'll give them a copy. Or I'm the I, same way. If, if I, I have a kid at work, book. you know, sometimes you just see a kid and you can tell he's just not drifting. And I like to fucking hear, take this home, fucking read it. And mm-hmm. we'll see what happens with it. But I mean, that's where I, you, once you're in that sort I don't know if it's the flow state or not. I'm not a flow guy. <laughs> But once you're sort of in that entrepreneur sort of mindset, you can sort of notice the people that might have a knack for it. And it's nice to try and nudge them in the right direction because I didn't figure that shit out until I was fucking over 30 years old. And if I would have, if someone would have handed me the right books when I was 20 Mm. years old or 15 years old, 15 might be a bit too young, but 20 and with the right Mm -hmm. guidance or the right, the books from the right people who you respect enough to take them seriously. I mean, people laugh when I say my kids are never going to have a real job, but I'm fucking telling you, my kids are are growing up with this around Mm -hmm. them. They're immersed in it. I've got them making, oh, you want to have a dog walking business? Okay, well, you better, you know, I've got my nine-year-old building websites so that she can be the town walk dog. But they're in that mindset that they're already, they don't talk about who they're going to work for or what, they talk about what business they're going to have. YouTube. Yeah. Well, I know for them right now, it's like they, they're they going to ride horses and they're going to get good mm. enough at it so that we can, on our property outside of the town, they can start teaching kids how to ride horses. That's just going to be their life. Wow. They're going to live on wow. the farm, eventually build a house on the farm and just run the horse business out of the farm. We're looking for a farm right now to get out of the town and find a thing. And that's their, that's their, this is their plan. And they've stuck with it that's for a little so while. Bad. And I'm like... And I know better not to say, you know, that's, that's because dude, you hear that all the time, how things are a pipe dream or you can't do that. I mean, I had so many people and not my, not my mom, 
but just so many teachers or everything else in my life that told me that this was, you can't do that. You can't do that. All these different crazy ideas. Right. And it's like, fucking, if I would have listened to them, I wouldn't have a podcast. I wouldn't have written a book. I wouldn't be doing tours all over fucking North America and having a blast doing it. And, you know, and it's all just because we just said, fuck it, we're doing it. And, and, you know, you talked about the importance of where you live. I mean, you've gone back and forth on that too, where, you know, live in the States, live in out, out East a little bit more, but now Alberta seems like the place to maybe hmm. get a farm. I mean, the free, sort of the freest place right now anyways. I mean, that could change, but. It's a start. It's a start. Yeah. The States. Is- I wish I, every generation is so, that, that comes next is so lucky because they just get to build on top of like what we learned or what the previous generation learned. It's Ideally, amazing. it's feel I feel like we've lost sight of that though in a lot of ways. Like most people, and I might be presumptuous, but I feel like most people aren't doing that now. They're going home and watching TV and just, you know, just so their fucking kids can take their place. And I don't mean any disrespect to anyone, but so their kids can fucking take their place in the machine. And mm-hmm. I don't want my kids to take my place in the machine, unless it's my own cool machine that Graham and I made, and maybe they want to take over that somehow. I don't know how that would work, but maybe, but Ideally, I'd rather they just wanted to build their own machine because that's right. going to be way more fulfilling. Right. And I think that's the way the direction the world is moving for sure. Um, I mean, especially with technology and everything happening. I mean, ideally, not as much labor needed, more time for creative thinking, more time for building and doing that thing that you would do if money were no object. I mean, that's amazing to have that opportunity. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm a lot of people are very like fearful of where things are going in the future. And don't get me wrong. I see some shit and I'm just like, this is terrifying. Um, <laughs> what's happening, especially in America. But um, I don't know. I mean, I think optimism is a choice. You, you it's, it's harder because you don't have anything to base it on You're forward thinking and you're in, and, you, and it's a form of creativity. Yeah. So you know, manifestation. you're creating well, your own well, life. Can... You're creating your own life instead of watching some it's other a... life that someone else created to entertain you on the television so that you would not yep. create your own life yep. because Amazon needs fucking delivery drivers. Was it Mark, Mark Steves that used to deliver for Amazon and now he's living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, thanks buddy. This has been fantastic. It's great to meet you. And it's been a fan- great chat. It's been awesome. Thanks yeah. for having me guys. Thanks. Really appreciate thanks, it. Okay. All right. Take care. Have a good night. Peace. See See you, boys. Later. Oh, and that was a chat. Oh, look, we could just leave that on. And that was a chat with Armand Asadi. What'd you think, buddy? That was great. Fantastic. Very inspiring. You do a lot of woof lately. Well, I mean, you know, like, I I didn't know there was going to be all those synchronicities that outwitting the devil. I mean, I started getting the shivers when he was talking about how he got the shivers when he was reading the book. And you read the book, and I am right now. (laughs) We're going to get him. (laughs) We're getting closer to making Graham cry on air. Just start playing some drums, and I'm going to be a sobbing mess. You'll be a sobbing mess? One of these shows you just break down. I was I saw a couple of comments in the chats and it, and it reminded me of listening to I oh, can't Arma pay attention show. to the YouTube chats. It's just a shit show. No, that. I know, but they're talking about trolls. They're talking about uh, drugs and and all that kind of stuff. And were and, they uh, trolls or were they a good group tonight? I don't know. I don't know. Well, did I you can't. say you were reading some? I just saw one comment and oh. it just reminded me of one of his past shows about this guy that this guy that he had on talking about how medicine basically is like clipping the, like your car has a warning light come on and you just cut the wire instead of figuring out what's wrong with it. You know, that's like modern medicine right now. And it was a great analogy.
I would argue maybe if you shut off the wire, maybe you can fix the car. No, you clip the wire. And then the car's you clip, No, you, the warning light goes off. That's perfect. Oh my God. I'm, such a, I'm such a contrarian with me sometimes. This fucking this will piss me off. Okay, we got another show to do. Let's wrap this up. Big thanks to Armin for coming on the show. Big thanks to you guys for listening. Uh, head over to grindamerica.ca/support if you're getting a little value from the show. Uh, it is not a free show; it's a value for value for show. Which means if you do like the show, if it's adding some value to your day, to your life, to your commute, your work. Your workout, wherever you're listening to the show, wherever Graham's making you laugh. Uh, what's that worth to you? Buck a month, two bucks a month, 10 bucks a month, 100 bucks a month. America.ca slash support, you decide. Or you could do a one time donation. All the different options there. If you don't like PayPal, you can do Stripe. Uh, you could send cash in a book. We just got $500 Ooh. in a book. That's like the most fantastic. cash we ever got. Yeah, fantastic. Most cash we ever got. Uh, so that's grimerica.ca slash support if you can, when you can. We can't do it without you. Of course, you can head over to grimericaoutlaw.ca if you want to get some more podcasts from us. We do have a whole other show over there that comes out weekly, two hours long usually, or a couple one-hour shows, depending on how that breaks down. But it's uh, plus members, grimericaoutlaw.ca. If you're a plus member, you get two hours a week instead of one hour. Uh, we have rockfin.com slash America for our video content. We are contemplating putting an end to the live streams. We've been really strongly discussing maybe not streaming anymore. Let us know what you think about that. Graham at GrahamAcroAmerica.com. Graham at GrahamAcroAmerica.com. Graham at GrahamAcroAmerica.com. Uh, what else? Adultbrain.ca. Check out all the audiobooks. Or you can just go to Audible or iTunes, wherever you do your audiobooks. Search America. It'll pop up. Grab them all. We got some great books out there now. Hamlet's Mill is out now. My book, Canadian Shame, out on audio. Which other one just came out the other day? Oh, the, the, you know which one has been selling more than I thought is uh, the manifesto. The manifesto is flying <laughs> oh, off the shelf again. Oh, awesome! It's just flying off the shelf. What, they, what do people search for the manifesto? Grand America. If you just go to Audible yeah, but, or iTunes okay. and search Grand America, the problem with the iTunes is all the podcasts show up. You yeah. have to try and get into the audiobook yeah. section. I don't know how that works. So can they just search manifesto? Or just up? search Graham Dunlop Ugh. and everything he narrated will come up. This dude's narrated almost twenty books. It's crazy. More than that. Yeah. You're going to be sought after soon. No. In some ways, I feel like I've just monetized your talent. Um, <laughs> I'm your manager. Uh, oh, yeah. Go buy my new book. That's right. Uh, uh, CanadianShame.ca. I believe the package is getting delivered today with all the hard copies so that I can start. Uh, sign them on. It's 29 bucks Canadian because I can't ship them, ship them as cheap as Amazon. It cost me a fucking fortune to ship these things, almost as much as the book costs. Anyway, 29 bucks Canadian. I'll send you a copy if you want a signed copy. If you don't care, you can get it much cheaper on Amazon. I don't care how you do it. Just to be clear, the only reason I order them is because people asked for them. And there's a couple of local shops that want a few copies. Anything else? I think that's it. Uh, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. Who's going to kill this sacred cow? You were never political anyhow. Since when did you... Start trusting in the government Since when was it okay To ridicule and shame your neighbor Your opinions have become Your opinions have become As fickle as artificial flavors What matters most to you What the TV host told you to do Or a moral compass that points True north or true Who's gonna kill this sacred cow?
You were never religious anyhow Since when did you kiss The ring on the hand of the Pope Since when do we need Pharmaceuticals to cope Your soul has become Ever-loving soul has become As brittle as communion wafers What matters most to you What the Holy Ghost told you to do Or a moral compass that points True north, oh true I'm gonna kill I'm gonna kill this sacred cow Bureaucrats think I'm non-essential anyhow Since when is our culture become so lowbrow? It's all touchscreens And nobody has any know-how Your idea of fun Your idea of fun Is taking a thousand and one photos of your duck face Matters most to you what the celebrities most told you was cool Or a moral compass that points true north, oh true I'm gonna kill this sacred cow I'm gonna kill your sacred cow I'm gonna kill your sacred cow I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill your sacred cow. I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill your sacred cow. I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill your sacred cow. I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna kill your sacred cow.